Welcome to Pitmaster, an old Virginia smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell, and welcome to the holiday season. I hope you all had a safe, distance, and tasty Thanksgiving. Our guest this week really needs no introduction. Winner of countless grand championships and now two-time KCBS Team of the Year winner, Brad Laninger of Getting Basted. There aren't really enough superlatives to describe this fella. He's been everywhere, he's cooked everything, and he's just a great dude. So please join me in welcoming Brad Laninger from Getting Basted. Well, we're here with two-time Kansas City Barbecue Society Team of the Year winner, Brad Leininger. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you've been been getting some sleep since driving all over God's green earth? Oh, boy, man. That was uh, one hell of a uh, long month of October. But, yeah, I've been uh, been catching up, been spending some time with the kids and getting ready to take them on vacation here if we can get out of here with COVID. So Yeah, definitely a trying time, but you guys definitely went everywhere and anywhere to the ends of the country searching for points. <laughs> I did the last six weeks. I did 10 contests, seven states from Wyoming, Virginia, Wisconsin, down to Mississippi. I mean, you name it, man. We, we pretty well, uh, pretty well went coast to coast almost. So, I mean, it was, man, it's a lot of fun, but I, I am certainly glad it's over. Well, and I'm glad that you finally got to come and experience Virginia judging. <laughs> I, well, I did. Did I ever? <laughs> they did not like me at all. I thought I had great food both days, but uh, you know, I mean, all, you know, I know it's kind of in vogue to, to to get in there and bash judges right now, but I, I honestly, they don't have to like my food, man. I mean, I don't have to score everywhere, and that's okay. You know, we'll we'll leave uh, uh we'll leave Virginia to 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 you guys, man. You guys can have it. <laughs> well, you've scored pretty much everywhere else. You know, it's it's one of those things where I've. I've had the pleasure of cooking against you a few times, cooking with you a few times, and still to this day, the best slice of brisket that I've ever had was two years ago in Plant City, Florida. I took a bite of that, and I I told Darren that day, I said, we have no chance of winning brisket because Brad easily won it, and I think you finished, I can't remember, but it was like 29. I got hammered, man. It cost me the contest. But uh, I, we had Virginia judges down there in Florida, I think. And I, it, came, it was funny because that contest – you know, Matt and I were both there, and 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 I, I'd been going from two up on him to one up on him to two up on him to one up on him. I was two up on him at the time, and uh, uh, I get a win there. I close the door. It's three up. We close the season. We go on about our business. Everybody's happy, and we both were kind of trading calls going up to brisket. We get down to the first place brisket, and it was yeah. I looked over at him. I said, "It's me or you," and uh, it, it was not me. So uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt got the win there. I thought I had, like you said, I thought I had good enough brisket to win it, but Matt got the win there in brisket and put himself back in it, put him within one again. So, you know, he ended up going skipping King the Smoker, going to Alabama because of it. So history was changed because of Virginia judges down in Florida. <laughs> you know, yeah, that was a fun contest. And it's been fun being part of the barbecue league and, you know, getting to cook against all the great guys that are a part of that. I just marvel at your consistency. You know, when we talk about on the show, we talk about what's the difference between a good pit master and a great pit master. I think it's consistency. Would you agree with that? Yeah, without a doubt. You've got to put yourself in position. Like you can get wiped out by tables any any day and, and you're going to and you can get helped out by them. You got to put yourself in position to win. So when those tables line up, you do win. You can't give away contests, and that's what consistent cooks do, right? You know, you got your batting average, your winning percentage. When they when the things line up and they hit the tables they need to hit, 
they win contests. That's the difference. Whereas guys that are struggling or whatever, maybe you miss a category or, or, you know, whatever. So you, you've got to cook the food that puts you in a position to win the day that everything aligns and, and, and it's your day. And, and that's, that's the way I look at it. And, and you can't take the highs, you can't take the lows. You just go out there and you, and you perform and, and, and don't get caught up in everything else. Yeah. That's, and that's a hard thing, especially for newer people coming in to barbecue. They, I always say the worst thing that happens to a new cook is they get a call right out of the bat or they finish RGC or GC in their first contest. And it's like, man, this is easy. I know what I'm doing. And it's like, that's not reality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that happened to me, my first two, I got three calls at, at both my first two contests. And so I thought, I, you know, man, you, you guys are, they, you, you know, then we stepped up and went up like North of Kansas city and just, you know, cook like a six fifty two or something like that. <laughs> just got wiped out. You know, it, it, this, you know, barbecue has got a way to humble you in a hurry, you know, and it's got a way to reel you back in. It's kind of like golfing that way, right? You're getting ready to quit, sell all your stuff and you have that good drive. And then it's the same thing, same thing at barbecue. You know, you're just about out, oh, done, never do it again. And uh, boom, it's like Lucky's cues, prime example. You know, he, he struggled all year and then all of a sudden he goes out there and, 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 uh, he could, he couldn't hit a bull's ass to the base fiddle as far as cooking he goes out there and goes to the world championship, pulls off a third place. And now he'll, hell, he'll probably cook 30 next year now because of that. So <laughs> it's, it's amazing how, how this game, man, how, how it, it, it humbles you in and then it brings you right back in. Exactly. And you just brought up a good point. Have, have you ever had a breaking point like that where you were like, man, I'm, I kind of feel like I'm done with this. Man, I mean, you know, we've gone through it where we've hit some hit some walls. I mean, honestly, I'm just, you know, this year probably was the closest I've come, not necessarily to quitting, but just deciding that, hey, man, I've got other stuff I need to do in my life. People don't understand to do this on a high level. It takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of a lot of work, a lot of constant, and you just can't do it part time. I mean, I think that's what you're talking about people that start or whatever, you know, yeah. you see a lot of guys get the same call because they're putting everything they've got into it. And you've got to do that. And, and you've got to get better every year because everybody else is getting better every year. And I, you know, I was sitting there in the middle of the year, just kind of sitting there going, okay, is this really what I want to do? right now not that i don't love it or whatever but i can't I, i'm not going to be like you see a lot of these guys quit like you know tim grant or or you know even to you know travis to an extent or whatever because they don't have it wired to them to lose and they know that if they they can't go out there and cook like they need to cook they're not going to get the results they want to get so they back out completely because they don't want to do anything half-assed and so I was kind of asking myself those questions. And really, up before the run I went on, the win team of the year, you know, a guy I used to play football with actually back in, back in the day, and he's coaching uh, high school football now, put a quote up there that, that something along the lines of, uh, you know, the hardest decision a you know, person's ever going to make is, is deciding to quit or, you know, deciding to work harder. And, and that really resonated with me because, you know, I looked at my wife. I said, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I got to put the time in. So I kind of rededicated yeah. myself for this little bit of part of the year. So honestly, as far as quitting or slowing down, I mean, I'll probably never be out. I'll probably do whatever. But as far as being at the top, I was kind of questioning that this year, you know, honestly, just like, Hey, is it time to move on and do something else? And, uh, you know, obviously I'm glad I, I, I decided to, you know, put the effort in there for the last couple months of the season <laughs> you know, paid off. It sure did. It sure did. And, and I know that you were in there, you were in there tight with Joe from Slack. Yeah. And this is one of my favorite questions on here. And it was the first question I asked Joe because I've been at contests with both of you. And I know that both of you love to play the gamesmanship game and talk oh, yeah. about that a little bit. Cause, cause you and Joe both do have the same kind of approach to that in my, when I'm there. 
Cook's never good. The worst thing ever. And I'm like, that's not possible. Yeah, no, I've never had a good cook before, you know. Saying that, you know, and I know you've got, you know, we're going to talk about superstition. That that plays into that, you know, a little bit as well. I'll either go one way or the other. I'll either have the worst cook, everything's just dog, you know, I, I, we cussing on here, dog, dog crap or whatever, but everything's oh, terrible. Say whatever you right, want. Sweet. Everything's <laughs> dog shit, everything's horrible. Or I'll, we, what we call is, and, and the story behind this is, and I hope, I hope Drew doesn't pick this thing up, but uh, Drew McNabb from Hogtide Barbecue. Uh-huh. He, would always he never liked his food never liked it at all never did whatever because of that uh, David Qualls started calling him Droosh and so we started we made it made a verb about that we, we call that Drooshing so we'll either go out there and we'll, we'll, we'll ah it's terrible everything's horrible and go out there and get four calls to win the contest or every now and then you pull the reverse Droosh which is hey, somebody goes up there and says, how's your cook so I, I can't cook any better it's the best best damn food I've ever had it's what's funny is we do that so I so rarely do that that when I do it, everybody just kind of gets, they look at me, they're like, what, what the heck? You know, <laughs> they, they, they take it back. So now we, we do that, you know, terrible food and terrible meat. I mean, one of my other superstitions along the same lines is I text Justin. We talked about lucky Q. I, I have to text him every week about how shitty the meat is that I'm finding. And that's just, it's just part of my routine. I'm like, Oh man, my meat's really terrible. You know, it doesn't matter if I got the best stuff sitting here, the whatever it is. And so Joe, we're doing that. And, and we're, we're traveling back and forth and Joe and I are talking about how terrible everything is and this and that. And we go there and go one, two at a contest and everybody just look at us like we're, you know, the biggest assholes on the planet, but it's just part of our, our, our deal, our gamesmanship and, and us just having fun. I mean, you should have been out in that Virginia contest because the trash talk going back and forth between those trailers. I think we had Donald Cook scared. Like him and his family thought Joe and I were going to fight at one point, I think. And, uh, you know, it was just – we were just having fun, you know. It, 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 but right. just, just trash talking. I wish I could have been there. I just – I had that class. And just to be there when you guys got your score sheets from the Mid-Atlantic would have been fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually – it was a weird position because I just needed the field, right? Right. You know, I mean, I think Joe probably got beat up a little bit. I'm just looking at it and, and I'm just like, well, I didn't do what I wanted to do, but neither did Joe. Let's move on to the day two. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I was just taking a field and, 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 you know, you're just praying like I had good food, but after you kind of get through ribs and you're, you know, I think I got a low chicken call or I, I think I got third chicken actually the second day, but you know, you get a chicken call and you go through there and you don't get a rib call, but and, 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 and there's a couple of people that have two calls. Like, you know, the, day two smoked me silly had two calls. And so now you get into pork and you're like, well, you know, smoke me silly gets three and they get to Bristol. He's like, you might as well finish this thing out, man. Go ahead and win it. So it, it was a right. weird situation where I'm actually pulling for everybody else to get calls. And as they're getting calls, I'm like, Oh, Hey, rooters and tuners. All right. That's four for them. You know, it <laughs> just, it normally it's, it's normally you're like, Oh man, that, that puts me out. But this time I, I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. They got the GC. All right. Fantastic. Joe can't win it then. You know? So it was, it was a weird, it was a really weird feeling out there in Virginia for me that, that I, I was trying, don't get me wrong. And I was cooking, I thought I had great food, but I was also pulling for the field to have great food. So <laughs> I can hear Joe stewing right now. <laughs> oh yeah. No, he was so close to that fourth place, man. I mean, that was, oh. that was as tight as it can get. Yeah. Kim and I watched those awards and we were, I was sitting there and it got to five and I was like, man, he might do it. Yeah. And then they called him for fourth and we were both like, like the air just came out of the car. We weren't even there. You know, it just came right out like, Oh my God. That he's going to be, he's going to be in dire straits. <laughs> hey, it's tough to come back from. It's already tough to cook a double, and and you know he struggled the next day. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I've been through it. You know, the the highs and the lows, and and this is Joe's first real kind of chasing through it. And it it's 
it's it's tough to to be watching awards or sitting in awards and you're worried about you, but you're also worried about what everybody else is doing too. So it yeah. it kind of changes the dynamics of everything. Yeah. Well, let's switch gears a little bit. Everybody knows how successful you've been, especially in the past five years in barbecue. But let's get into some backstory. Who who has impacted your life the most in competition barbecue? Oh man, I mean, it's got to be my 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 man Tim Shear. I would say. I mean, as far as it goes, I think I probably you know he'd probably answer the question the same way. I mean, you know, we we we've been over the last five, six, seven years or whatever, you know, learning to cook on, on gateway drums. And, you know, it's not like a stick burner where there's a lot of set paths. We've been kind of making it up as we go along and just having Tim to be able to bounce a stupid idea off of or taste your food or, you know, just teaching classes and just mythology, you know, me, you know methods and, and uh, everything else. I mean, he's, he's definitely had the biggest impact on my cooking career, just from number one, just from the drums, but number two, just, we just sitting there being able to have somebody else kind of going through the same thing. Like when we start struggling and stuff, like it took us forever to even figure out we needed to clean the cans. That's how dumb we are when we were starting, you know, it's something that's so obvious, but back then we thought, oh, it's good flavor. No, it's not good flavor. Clean your can. Just being able to have somebody else that's learning this along and and, and shortens that learning curve because we both are, you know, are, are pretty, pretty accomplished cooks and, and just having somebody of that caliber to be going through that with you. Uh, just, I think that's helped us both, you know, go up that much more. And that's a great point you make, you know, having that circle of people that you trust and that you can rely on to ask for advice. You know, it's, it's one of those things that I do it all the time because still trying to figure out my way on the Jambo and started sure. doing some stuff on the can. And there for a while I'm texting both you and Tim going, okay, day two of a double, I need a chicken process like right now. Cause I'm going to do it. <laughs> and, right. I'm uh, switching. Right. I, and, and just having those resources. I mean, I tell people all the time, try and build your network, try and find some friends. It'll really help you out yeah. in, in the competition world. And you have to give something up and you got to remember like, like nobody's going to come to you when they're doing good and you're struggling. They're going to come to you when you're killing it and they're struggling, but you got to know, you know, Hey, I'm going to give this out or, and number one, they're your friend, you know, you don't want to see them doing it. But another number two, you know, you, you, you're going to give, give out and give out some help and then understand that, Hey, it may not come back to you right away, but I promise you, you should keep doing barbecue at some point. You're going to be looking at that guy going, man, I got to, you know, what am I doing wrong in brisket or whatever, you know? And it's absolutely, I mean, it, you, you make a network, make some friends and, and, you know, don't be so close tight to the chest that you're not willing to give something away because it'll come back to you tenfold. Promise me. I promise you, man, I've, I've got, a, I, there's a ton of people that I can call if I start to struggle and, and uh, you know, I've helped them and they've helped me. And that's it, the only way to stay on top of this game. Yeah, absolutely. Now you've won team of the year twice. You finally got your rib jacket. Congratulations. Yeah. Man, I needed that. It's just to shut Blaine up. That's the only that, – that's that son of a bitch, man. For He won in 2016, so for four years he's been holding that over my head. And and that was – I've been second. I, I, not second. I've been one win away like two or three times from getting that thing. Gone in the last contest, needed the top two or three in ribs to win it, including the year he won it. And he, he would not let it go. So, finally, Blaine, shut up, okay? <laughs> I got the jacket. I might have to leave a marker right now that maybe I would like to win that jacket next year. I don't know. I, man, do it. Get in there. I'd, I'd like to make you one. That's part of the fun of it. It's making that jacket. It's cool, Absolutely. Man. And Matt did a great job. Matt and Sarah did. I, it, it's awesome. It's going to hang up in the restaurant. I, I'm going to actually download that picture and I'll put it up when we post this podcast, uh, just because that was one tradition before I knew a lot about everything that we were doing that 
I think my first banquet was when Drew gave Tim his jacket. The Riverachi jacket. Yeah. Yes, sir. And I was like, what is this? You know, like this is this is something cool. And uh, I've always wanted to, but I'm just not that good of a rib cook. But I'm working on it. So we'll see what happens. So you've done all these things now. So what are your goals moving forward? What are you hungry for now in, in the competition world? Well, I mean, majors, I think, is, you know, is what I've got left. I mean, you know, I've, I want to get 50 wins. Um, I think I'm at 46 or something like that right now, all told. So, you know, I should hit that next year, you know, knock on wood, barring some kind of <laughs> some kind of disaster, natural or me not being able to cook. But uh, 50 wins has been a goal of mine. And then after that, man, it's all about it's all about majors. And you've got to cook a little bit. Uh, you know, we talked earlier, it's you can't just jump in and be sharp. So, you know, I'll have to cook uh, contests to stay there. I don't know that I'll ever make another team of the year run. I don't know that I really need to, I, I, you know, I, that being said, if I start hot or if it's sitting there, I'm sure I'll, I'll gear up and do it again, but it's definitely not something that, you know, is on my want to do list, but you know, the Royal, you know, I've got King of the Smoker, which is a great, I've got, you know, I've got a reserve grant at the Royal. I've got a reserve grant at uh, Sam's club nationals. You know, we got a bunch of them. So King of the Smoker, I consider a major. So, so I managed to, to, to get that win, but now, you know, the American Royal, instead of second turn that into a first and 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 the jack and then hopefully you know we get to cook you know we'll cook memphis in may go cook houston and hopefully you know get get a win somewhere right on right on it's it's the one thing that's very awesome about our sport is that there's always something more to shoot for unless you're darren but (laughs) no nobody's catching darren man i mean darren's up darren's you know at the top of the mountain and we're all just kind of down at the you know down at the bottom of it circling up there i mean the stuff he's done it's incredible obviously he doesn't have a team of the year though i will point that out but man he's won everything (laughs) won everything multiple times and uh just coming out last week man i mean you know, getting a reserve grand out there and at that at that contest. I mean, it's just what the, how he performs when it's all on the line is is truly truly remarkable. Yeah, and that's one thing you know that I that I try and teach people as well when people ask me for advice. And a lot of people, I've been blessed to cook amongst all you guys and the world's best. And they're like, "What's the difference between those guys and just coming out here and cooking?" And I'm like the amount of focus that's there on game day is something that you don't see here. And I've tried to emulate that. And that's the one thing that I tell people, like it's, it's the focus, it's the preparation during the week. It's, it's being in it and being all the way in it. And that's something that I've learned a lot and really now focus on whenever I'm cooking. Absolutely. I mean, it, 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 you, it takes, it's a full, full week job. I mean, just finding meat. I mean, you can lose a guy. We always joke around, you know, so I mean, one of the corny jokes from, from sports is, well, you, you can't win. You can't win a contest on Wednesday, but you can sure lose it. You know what I mean? By, <laughs> by not, by not, by not cutting open that extra brisket or go find that extra rack of ribs. So. Right. Yeah. Right. What's your, what's your week look like out from a competition? Do you do stuff on the same day? Yeah, I mean, I generally, um, I mean, I, I'll go to the restaurant. I'd be usually at the restaurant Monday, Tuesday, digging through stuff. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of try to source. And what I get from the restaurant usually is pork and ribs. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll order it in. So even if I'm not using, like, we'll use different stuff, comp, you know, Compart Duroc, and and I've used Creekstone Duroc, and we'll use Prairie Fresh and some other stuff. But I'll always order that in through the restaurant. We get that from our food suppliers. And so that usually comes in on Monday. So I kind of get to try to get there on Monday because otherwise the guys there will cook it. 
I've had that happen before where my competition stuff's been cooked and you get there. So I try to get there and get it out of there before, before they do that. And then other than that, usually Wednesday is my big day to get everything ready. I'll do my brisket, do my chicken injections, make sure my rubs are all stocked, everything else on Wednesday, and then get everything loaded up and, and roll on Friday morning. Absolutely. I think that having that structure there every week, I don't know, for more, for people who aren't OCD, it really helps. That's me. I'm not. The only thing I'm OCD about is barbecue. So I learned that yeah. from him and I try and get it done every day, the same, or every week's the same week. We like to talk about our successes a lot. And I think that's, I mean, that's part of being in barbecue is, is talking about what you've done. But I think one of the coolest things that I like to talk about are the failures. We've all had big fa- catastrophic failures at contests that you learn from. Do you have a favorite failure of yours or any good stories about something oh, that really screwed yeah. up? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's the one at Lori, Missouri, you know, where, where, where t- man, I, Tim and I probably started drinking the night before, I'd say, and, and we were we were heavily into it back in the days. And I, I, we're sitting there at one point at nine o'clock in the morning sitting on the back of uh of his trailer sitting there talking about how drunk we are you know like oh my goodness you know and so what happens is i get there you know get ready to go put my chicken on and i put my chicken on usually around 10 o'clock a little bit after 10 10 15 some of that neighborhood and uh, i opened up my chicken cooker and it was not lit and so i'm sitting there going oh okay this is a problem and so <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm juggling food around you know moving everything move my ribs off cook my chicken on there needless to say we get killed that's the same contest that i made my eight month pregnant wife run my brisket box so that's how my day so i'd say that's probably in barbecue one that stands out where i was not in in the right place mentally to uh to do a contest but not like your chicken cooker that's that's an important one. You want to remember to do that. I've had my chicken cooker go out before. That happened on a, uh, you know, famously while we were getting it filmed. And people are like, oh, does it happen all the time? Nope. One time. The camera crew happened to be there. So that, that, that was good. It's all, all, all self-made obstacles more than anything else, I think, <clears throat> as far as my failures go. You know, they're, they're definitely uh, cause and effect. And, and, and you can trace it right back to yourself. Sometimes you got to get out of your own way. You know, that's no. <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt about it. What's one of the most surprising things to come out of competition barbecue for you? Most surprising things. I mean, I just think, you know, for me, just, just the success we've had, not that I'm surprised about that, but just the success we've had on the other uh, outside of stuff out of competition, like leading to the restaurants, leading to, to a lot of the classes. I mean, you know, we've been on three continents doing classes for love of Pete. You know, we got people paying, we sell out classes all over. We got people paying a lot of money. I mean, that's shocking to me always. It's always humbling and, and I'm always appreciative, but just, just the, the fact that I've turned this into, into, into a career, yeah. uh, is, is, you know, the pleasant surprise, obviously I'm glad I could do it, but it's just, just something that I never, intended to do or I didn't not that I didn't intend to I just never thought it was possible right you know I thought it was a hobby and just the fact that that now is how I make the majority of my money I mean that's that's a, a pretty cool thing I think as far as and surprising and and not something that I don't think you could count on I don't know if it's something like people ask me how do you do I I, I mean good luck you shit man to be honest with you you know I have everything fall into place because I don't think there's any roadmap or blueprint that you can do to have it happen I think just hard work and putting everything you have into something you love and then and then just good things ended up happening yeah so do you still have the day job i mean i still hack around on my day job yeah yeah i don't need it but uh it's it's hard to walk away from man i mean it's you know it's it's uh the velvet handcuffs so to speak it's hard hard to turn down the money that's for sure and 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 it's you know i enjoy doing it and uh, i'm good i'm good at it so um how has your career and your other life experiences 
outside of barbecue prepared you to be the competition cook that you are? Well, I mean, I don't know about my career. I mean, I played, I played some football in college and, and just my life is, I mean, I was raised competing. I mean, I competed at everything. My wife competes at everything. She and I competed at everything together. So it's just, it's just that right there alone. Just, just the fact that competing, knowing how to compete. And I'm very, it's always been this way. I've always had something that I put myself into 100%, you know, for better, for worse, be it sports or ske- skied a lot when I was growing up, you know, sports, uh, you know, get, getting into, you know, whatever it is, man. I mean, whatever I'm doing at the moment is like the most important thing in my life, if that makes any sense, even though I know how dumb or stupid it is. But that's really kind of prepared me for barbecue because you really do need that level of dedication to something that doesn't make a lot of sense to give that little level of dedication to, uh, at least on the surface. So, you know, that's, that's certainly helped me. And it's hard explaining that to people who don't have that drive, especially who don't know about competition barbecue, explaining to them why you're breaking your ass every week to go and do this. I mean, that's hard to communicate to people. Yeah, you either got that gene or you don't, right? I mean, it's it 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 doesn't make sense. Like, I can't make it make sense to you. Why is it important? It's just it just is, man. It's important to me. I mean, it's just that that you know, why am I going to drive to you know drive across the country to lose money? Well, I'm I'm going to do it because I'm 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 that competitive. I want to win, you know. And it's just if if you're that way, you're that way. And and there's certain population that are. And if you're not, you're not. You know, it's not something I don't think you can just pick up. What's one of the best decisions you made when you first started competing? Oh, taking a class. I took Rod Gray's class when I, um, I, I did my first season. We had some success in the first season, but uh, I, I took Rod Gray's class like in February or something, I think, that of uh, 2013 of, of that deal. And, and we won our first contest in April of that year. You know, we went out and got kicked a little bit, but I was already pretty good at the other meets, like three meets. Chicken was what I struggled at. I made Michael go up and talk to Lauren Hill at a contest in uh, Parsons, Kansas. And, and Lauren got us kind of on the track for cooking chicken, got us good flavor profile. One that I still frankly run to this day, you know, he got that uh, us going there, but uh, just, just taking the class, asking for help, man. And the funny thing is about that chicken deal. Cause we asked Lauren, Probably like that was in 2012 when we asked him. Probably about 2015, Lauren came up to me at a contest, and and he's sitting there. And this is Miami, Oklahoma. I remember, like, I because you know I I hadn't really I'm good friends with Lauren now, but I wasn't really then. But I talked to him a little bit, you know, here and there, and he'd helped us out a ton in 2012 when we were first starting. And this is when we were first starting to have success. And Lauren comes up to me and goes, "Hey, Brad." I'm like, yeah, yeah, Lauren. He goes, "Can you tell me, you know, what are you doing in chicken? You know, what's working? So, what are you doing in chicken?" I said, "Lauren, I'm I'm doing exactly what you told me to do, man. I mean, I'm I'm cooking, you know, running that sauce." Right? He goes, "Yeah, but I don't remember what it was I told you." So he 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 forgot completely what it was. So I'm like, "Okay, Lauren, here's how you cook your chicken recipe. You know, you you get some smoked this barbecue bow. You put some blues hot in there. You go in there and run it. So it was it was pretty funny. I, that's what I do. I kind of turned the corner when I had Lauren coming up and asking me uh, me for advice on how to cook his chicken. And uh, I I knew I'd kind of made it. Wow, we actually have a similar story to that when I won Chicken Team of the Year, and you were like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, I "Learned it by watching you, buddy." <laughs> that's, that's, that, it goes back goes back to that network, man, doesn't it? I mean, it always does. Absolutely. And sometimes you need to be reminded, right? Sometimes you need to be reminded that what you do works, and 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 get like you said, get out of your own way, man. Quit overthinking it. It happened to me after I won Chicken Team of the Year. You know, uh, that was 2015, and I was driving around, and and Eric Lee was chasing me, and so I was going to contests just to cook chicken and try to fend off Eric Lee. 
And so I started spending like two hours trimming my chicken. I mean, just ridiculous. You know, I'm making a perfect, just in there making it. But what I was doing is I was taking out all the stuff that tasted good. Like I was scraping all the fat off. I was doing this. And my chicken scores nosedive. Thank goodness I held them off the end of the year. But I started next year. I couldn't buy a chicken call. And finally, we're in Russellville, Arkansas. And I'm sitting there and I, I, I go up to Tim. I'm trimming chicken there. For some reason, I was double and I couldn't get it done. And Tim walks into the trailer and goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm trimming chicken. And he goes, when did you start doing that? I said, I've always done this. And he goes, no, you, you've never done that, man. I, I, you, I had no idea what you're doing. And I got all pissed off. I didn't trim them at all. I sit there and just wrapped them up, just kind of squared them up. Didn't, didn't do any, anything at all. Got a perfect, perfect 180 that, that next day in chicken. And it just goes to show that I was we're trying so hard and I was overthinking it so hard. I was just completely screwing myself up. And right. uh, it, just took, it just took Tim to sit there and remind me, hey, man, get back in here. You know, get back to doing what you're supposed to do. And immediately the scores just went up on it. Yeah. It, well, I always tell people the solution is never to add more shit in. It's, no all, it's always to go back to the basics or to take stuff away. That'll give you a better product all the time, yep. in my opinion. And that's through a lot of the year that we ran for chicken. You know, I was doing the same thing. I would buy 60 pieces of chicken to find 18 and you're just weighing each one. And it's like, my God, what have I what have I turned myself into? <laughs> right. It's barbecue, man. I mean, yeah. And, and it's just over trimming them, overdoing everything, right? Maybe you're putting more seasoning on you and get them right, you know. It's just, it's yeah, get back to the basics always. I mean, that's what I'm struggling, always where I go. I go back to the basics. Absolutely. Well, let's get into the whole reason I wanted to have you on this podcast. <laughs> you are one of the most superstitious people that I know, especially in barbecue. So talk to me about some habits and rituals and routines, and then we'll address music. Yeah, because music's part of it. You got, you got certain days that we play certain songs. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I'm – I guess I am superstitious, but it's just more like if, if something's working, why, why rock the boat? So it starts out with my drums. So I've got two sets of drums, and of course – and a lot of this goes back to also that, that I, I don't lose anything it's got to be something else like the drums or the music or, or, or the fact that I didn't tell lucky my meat the shit or whatever. It can't be me cooking. It's got to be something else. So, so, so the first thing is, is, is definitely the drums. I'll run the drums that are hot. You know, I'm, if I, if I go on like this uh, end of the year, I ran the same drums the whole time, even though I got another perfectly clean set, I'd come back and I'd clean those. I clean those in like 32 degree weather in the rain because I wanted to cook on that set of drums instead of the other ones. So that, that that's the first thing, uh, you know, I, I do, um, you know, like I said, got to text lucky, got to tell everybody my cook is terrible, you know, got just a bunch of stuff like that. I've got certain, I'll wear the hat, like I'll wear a hat until I lose it. When I lose it, I'll throw it away. My wristband, I'll wear that until it loses, then it's gone as soon as it loses or whatever. Just sit there and keep riding it, you know, why it's hot. And, uh, and then the music. So generally I'm going to be like classic old school, like, outlaw country on, on a Friday night, Saturday, I'll start out with outlaw country. Then I'll kick it over kind of into my reggae mix. But then what I started doing, and this all started from uh, my brisket tune, which whenever I'm cutting brisket, I have a playlist that consists of two songs. One of them is the uh, force MDs, uh, tender love, of course. Absolutely. And the other one is uh, ready for the world. Love you down. So I'll have those things on loop playing as loud as I can while me and Michael are in a tiny trailer that's about 110 degrees. So if you see that, it's not weird. It's just, <clears throat> that's just what we do. We're just letting the brisket get tender. 
And so that led into Sundays, which I do my slow jam Sundays all the time, which I just play classic soul the whole time. So that's my Sunday music <clears throat> that I've got to do. And that's what I screwed up at the Invitational. I figured it out because I thought, okay, it's a Saturday, but it is the last cook of the season. So I should be able to play slow jam Sundays on a Saturday. No, no, that was a big mistake on my part. And it cost me. It cost me the contest, frankly. I don't think uh, Smoking Buttheads would have had it if I would have just played my uh, my normal uh, my normal country on that on, on Saturday. I did a little research, and every time that you have sent me a screenshot of Can You Stand the Rain, I think you've won. At least won a category every time. And mm-hmm. It, and that made that song now is on our chicken playlist for sure. Uh, we have a playlist for each meat, you know, same three, four or five songs. And uh, I still take hell for that because it's, it's not high energy. It's not, <coughs> but I'm like, it, it's a thing. It has to be there. <laughs> you gotta have, can, can you stand the rain? It's, it's just, obviously we got to get this out of the way. It's one of the best songs of all time. Absolutely. Uh, new edition. Fantastic tune, and and that is our song officially. I know, I know your wife doesn't like it, but that is our song. You guys can find another one. She's gonna but, have to. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, it's just the way it is. But uh, no, that's uh, yeah. Whenever that comes on, if that and, and what really is good, sometimes that'll come on during chicken turnip, and I'll stop what I'm doing. I have to screenshot it, send it to you because I know for a fact that day I'm gonna win chicken. It's it's it, I I should just go tell everybody to go home at right, that it's, point because it's, at that uh, it's point, all over. Exactly. At that point, karma has intervened. Yeah. And it's it's just new edition. And if it comes on, that's the end of the story. I mean, that's just the way it works. And you know I can't what I love is it's so important. What I love is the number of number of people now that are doing slow jam Sundays along with me. I think I got Matt Walker. I've heard I've heard of Blair out of Fred Robles trailer before. There, you know, it started out as kind of, you know, I was like, man, this you know, I could turn this up, probably annoy a few people. And you know, you get back to the gamesmanship and getting some people's heads. I mean, it's pretty hard. You know, you're sitting there and 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 you're trying to cook, and a lot of people have Metallica on or something good. And I've got like uh, "End of the Road" by Boys to Men blaring out there. They're just looking at going, "What in the hell is this guy doing?" And so it just kind of rock, gets them a little bit off their game. But it's kind of funny because a lot of other people have picked that up. So, so it's, uh, you you mentioned Fred, and Fred New Edition's not weird to me, but Fred trimming his brisket to "My Body's a Wonderland" by John Mayer that's weird to me. Yeah, that might be over the line, man. I, I think he might have crossed it on that. <laughs> I, I'll never forget the day that I saw it. Uh, we were cooking beside each other, and he put it on, and he goes, don't judge me. <laughs> I was like, I, oh, no, I am. <laughs> no, you're ju- there's no way we can get that. Yeah. This is getting judged. There's no doubt. There's no difference. Am- we're talking about classic soul songs here versus, like, college pop rock or whatever John Mayer yeah. is. I mean, it's not even comparable. No. Uh, we got to fix, we got to fix Fred's game, man. There's no way you can keep doing that. <laughs> so one of my favorite questions, barbecue is expensive as hell. We spend a bunch of money on a bunch of stuff. I know you're trailer hunting right now. That's, that's crazy. But what's a purchase of a hundred dollars or less that has really impacted your barbecue life? Purchase of it. And so this is a difficult one for me. And uh, because I'm not a gadget guy. Like, you know that, like, I'm not a gadget guy. Right. So I really don't like, you know, I really don't have a lot of, a lot of stuff. I haven't really purchased a lot of stuff uh, that that's, you know, probably in the last four or five years, I haven't really changed the way I cook that much. 
So um, I don't have a good answer for this one. I mean, obviously, the, 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 if you're just starting out, obviously the cotton gloves under the nitrile, I mean, that's like the game changer of all game changers. I remember the first time I saw that deal and I'm just, my mind was, I mean, I'm like, how the hell, how do you sell any other barbecue gadgets, like the little bear claws and the, oh. the, all the other stuff? When, when you could, all you got to do is just go to Harbor Freight and just grab some cotton gloves and some nitro gloves, and then you can actually use your hands and feel stuff. So, I mean, as far as if you're not a competitor and you happen to stumble across this, something you can do to up your game and be a pro, that would be the first one that I would get. To be honest with you, under 100 bucks, man, I don't, I, you know, I don't have a lot of stuff just because I'm not a gadget guy, man, at all. You know, get go get some clean grates. That's probably what they got tell people, man. <laughs> yeah. Go, go out and buy a few, buy some clean grates for your drums, man. It's amazing. You'll see some of those things that are just filthy. And you're like, you're going to start your food out on that? Okay. You know, so anyway. Sorry, it's probably an anticlimactic answer, but just. No, just, not really. I I'm mean, not, I'm, would, not, I'm not a gadget. I would argue that the getting a really good degreaser to clean your drum is yeah. super important. Seven ninety eight from uh, Sam's Club, man. You get the you get that degree, sir. You know another good investment for hundred bucks, man. Get get a get a good knife, and you can get a good. When we're talking about, you don't need a good imported fancy knife, man. We just like those good thin boning knives. Just get a good sharp boning knife to help you trim meat, man. That that'll change your life too. If you're using a knife that's that's not razor sharp, you're really really making making it hard on yourself. That's a and that's great advice. You've been traveling a lot, and you're getting ready to go on vacation. But now we're into the favorite part of the, the broadcast for me, the rapid fire questions. Oh boy. Okay. I didn't study either. So I'm not, not telling what's going to happen. What do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you? Man, I, all the excuses. That's what bothers me. Just, and shut up and cook. I think uh, Sterling had a uh, ball, had a shirt that said that, man, I couldn't agree. Go out there and cook, man. If you're losing, focus inward. Don't focus out. Everybody wants to look for a reason why they lost. I promise you, if you dig hard enough, you'll find out why you lost. Absolutely. What's one of your favorite pre, during, or post-competition meals? Oh, man. I, I, I'll tell you what. I like to go over to Joe's trailer and steal one of those oatmeal cream pies. I think everybody, the next time you're at a contest, just go over there and knock on there and just tell them you're there for the oatmeal cream pie. <laughs> what is your favorite present that you like to give to people? My favorite present I like to give to people? Mm-hmm. Man, that's a tough one. I should have looked. I should have studied. <laughs> My favorite present I like to give to people. You need to get David McAllister on this show because he he's the present giver. I'm the present receiver. Um, well, yeah, we, I, I mean, I, I guess lately we've been giving people like leftover, like not, not leftover barbecue, like goodie bag barbecue sauce. That's uh-huh. always a good present. You can sit there and shove over like, you know, my dad wants some stuff. Hey, I want some barbecue. Yeah, here you go, buddy. Have a lot of, here's about, here's about $300 of the stuff that I've gotten. I've gotten goodie bags. There you go. Is that the most narcissistic answer you've gotten so far? Definitely. It's gotta be. <laughs> okay, sweet. That's how it goes. I'm not a gift. I'm not a gift giver. I'm a gift. gift getter. <laughs> That'll probably be the title of this podcast. Uh, what's, what do you think are the biggest misconceptions about you? Biggest misconceptions about me. I mean, I think, you know, especially since, you know, I, I ended up quitting drinking. I don't know if everybody knows that, but I, I you know, a couple of years ago. And uh, I, I think people take me way too seriously. I, I really am. I'm never serious about anything. But I think I come across as as a serious person. So I think the biggest misconception is uh, odds are if it's coming out of my mouth, it's bullshit. So I think, uh, you know, people that don't know me, that, that need to know me. If, if, if you're ever curious if I'm serious or not, the answer is no, I'm not. All right, so if the present question threw you for, for a little bit of a whirl, this one's really going to get you. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message out to millions or billions, what would it say and why? 
Millions or billions? Good night, man. Yeah, that's going to throw me way off for a loop. <laughs> man, I guess, you know, I, man, I don't have a clue. I, should, I need to listen to the I, – I, I don't even think I've got anything that's worth saying to millions or billions. Needed getting basted. <laughs> Needed getting – absolutely. I put that one up there. I was trying to take this – I was trying to be like a – like take this answer, being a better person instead of just self-promotion. But I guess, yeah, throw it in the middle of Branson and uh, eat it getting based. It would be, be my, the best one. I don't want to de- deprive you of that opportunity to try and say something clairvoyant right now. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, vote? I don't know. Man, you know? <laughs> Thought we'll go on with it. We can go with vote. We can go. Let's see what my social media man telling me. Wear a mask. <laughs> um, you know, we get on all those, but uh, no, yeah, getting based inside would be a good one. Wear a mask. That would be a good one. Yeah. Finish the vaccine. How about that one? That would be great to get life back to normal. Last question. I love the dude. I love the dude. I should have, wish I would have studied up that, you know, you see those memes, that guy that's just got the random cardboard box. Like he's just standing up there with this written on there. I wish I could have picked one of those out because those things crack <laughs> me up. But uh, just some random message on the, on the billboard would be, be the best thing in the world. Last question. What is an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love? Man, unusual habit or absurd thing that I love. I'm like, okay, so this is full disclosure. I don't want anybody to think less of me over this, but I always get a hard time. Like we're kind of halfway looking at building a house right now. We're shopping for houses. We haven't decided what we're going to do. But the one thing that I have to have in my house that's like killed more deals than anything else is a nice bathtub because Luke, I am a soaker. Okay. (laughs) After a contest, I like to go and take a bath and, and instead of a shower. And I think that is the one thing that, that not only surprises people that could have been that answer, it, it, it really appalls people. It even offends some people that, that you sit there and say, I'm a man and I like to take baths. I think that, yeah, that's wrong that people would find that offensive. I mean, I get that same reaction and I know you share this love with me, the love of a good pedicure, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, well, we got spa days. Me, Joe, David, if you need to come down to Excelsior Springs, we always have our spa day down there. Good manicure, pedicure, massage. It's hard to beat that. It is hard to beat that. And I tell people, if you don't take care of your feet, what are we doing here? This is nonsense. (laughs) Exactly right. Exactly right. (laughs) Well, Brad, thank you very much for being on with me. And tell the people where they can find you online, any products or sponsors you'd like to highlight. Have at it. Oh man, you can find me at gettingbasted.com. Uh, it's one of our restaurants, dspoorhouse.com is another one of our restaurants, Downing Street Poorhouse. Pretty much uh, Twitter, Facebook, everything handle is at gettingbasted. And of course, you know, we've already done enough for our sponsors with Tim, you know, Gateway Drums, Blues Hog, Vanilla with Snake River Farms. And then uh, other than that, man, I'm a, a business partner. Appreciate them letting me go out and cook and appreciate guys like you that, that want to do podcasts and listen to people like me. It makes this all, it makes it all worthwhile. Well, it's been great uh, having you on here, and I hope they get to see you soon, hopefully in Lakeland. Man, are you going down there? Yeah. All right. I'll be down there too, man. You always have a good time. Yeah, we got to tell them also that time about Darren cooking on a Traeger when I really needed them to show up and, and win the contest, and that he showed a, up. Yeah, that was the same that, that same Plant City contest. I still have not quite forgiven him for that, for not just completely laying down and not even trying the one time that I want him to win. We even had three really good calls. And I mean, I remember that brisket when we pulled it off the Traeger and we looked at it and I'm like, he's like, what's that dark line? I was like, I do not know, but I know that this box is DOA. <laughs> like it is, and I think we had a fifth, a sixth and a third. 
and then yeah, the and then brisket. Yeah. yeah, well, we'll do we'll do a Florida redemption. That's what we're gonna go for here in January. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, hopefully, if I don't see you before then, we'll see you down there. And thanks again for being on. All right, man. Take it easy, Luke. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and share it out with all your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. This week, we featured our cantaloupe pie video that is deliciously scrumptious. We'll have another episode for you next week featuring Jim Elzer with Sweet Smoke Q. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedenka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2020.